It was a it was a time of where God changed him. He wrestled with Jacob and he and he made changes in him in his walk, as you'll see. And we'll start in chapter thirty-two. Let's just look at that. After they wrestled, verse thirty says, "So Jacob called on the name of the place Peniel for he's." For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Penuel, the sun rose on him, and he limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat of the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip and the muscle uh, that shrank. And so we see that Jacob's walk through this wrestling was forever changed. He never walked the same. And... You know, one of the things I've been thinking about as I studied on this this week is how many people, God's people, are living in turmoil. And you know, God's desire for us is to is to have peace and to live in peace. You know, the Bible talks about the peace that we have within from the presence of God, but it also talks about the peace that we should have with all men. It says, as much as lies within you, that's where it starts, within you, uh, be at peace with all men. And there's a lot of uh, turmoil and conflict, I think, uh, that goes on in people's lives that's brought about by people on the outside. And and maybe there's maybe you don't have peace in your home. There's a lot of that that goes on where there's a lot of conflict uh, in, in homes. And there's a lot of conflict in churches. And if you're a visitor here, we're not having conflict in our church at this point, okay? But it's liable to happen if we want to be real. You know, let's not just paint up something that's false. I've been a part of churches where there was a lot of conflict. And, and, it, and here's where I'm at. I'm naturally, the way God built me, I'm a peacemaker. I don't like a whole lot of conflict. I love peace. I love, I love peace in my home. I love peace in, in my work site. I love peace in our church. I love, I love to be at peace with people. I'm not one to want to go around, you know, confronting and fighting and carrying on and doing all that crazy stuff. I like to, to get along as much as possible with everybody and be at peace. Peace is a good thing. So if you're here this morning and, you, and maybe you've got an area of your life where you don't have peace, hopefully this message will help you. And so looking in chapter 33 and verse 1. <clears throat> now, I want, I want you to get this so you understand where it's come from. Jacob just finished wrestling with the Lord. And then verse 1 of chapter 33 said, Now Jacob lifted up his eyes and he looked, and there Esau was coming. Right after he had just finished coming face to face with God, greatest change in his life, he walks off, get this picture, the sun is shining on him. He's got a little, you know, George Jefferson limp. And he's like, and he's gloating in the glory of God. That's what he's doing. And he comes over the hill, and right then he sees Esau coming. Now, if you don't understand, Esau is coming from 20 years ago of his past. His brother, that's who Esau is. And, and, and Jacob had bad dealings with Esau. That's why he ran, because he deceived Esau. And he took some things away from him that belonged to him. And Esau wanted to kill Jacob. And there, and so Jacob ran for his life. And over a period of 20 years, God deals with Jacob. And now, all of a sudden, he's coming back face to face with with Esau. Isn't it like that in our lives to where 
we 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 have those moments where we wrestle with God, or or it seems like maybe sometimes it's on a Sunday, maybe it's you know on a Tuesday. I don't know, but you had your moment with God, and you're like this is good, and I've got hope, and and this and that. And the next thing you know, you walk up, and something's always coming. The devil always he's always got something coming into your life to try to take away peace. Understand, that's what Satan does. He all he always wants to to bring conflict. If you're a born again believer. And some of you who are newly saved, I was thinking about it <clears throat> yesterday. I think we've baptized almost every week now for about eight or nine weeks. Amen. That's good. And in that, so we have a lot of new believers in the church, and I know we are, we're a church full of new believers. But in that, I always want to teach you what you can expect. Because we get this Hollywood concept of Christianity of, well, now that I'm saved, you know, everything's just going to be glorious. But honestly, at the point that you're saved and you commit your life to Jesus, you know, you've got a, your, your walk is forever changed. And you'll never be the same. But, it's coming. You understand what I'm saying? As soon as you walk out of here or wherever it is, you know, the devil's got something coming. And a lot of times it's just like Jacob. A lot of times it's my past. A lot of times it's the choices that I've made previously. And even for believers, it's not just about salvation. Even for believers, the changes that God brings into your life for your good, okay, and and you come to a place where you're on a new walk with the Lord, just as soon as you experience that, sometimes we have to deal with what we've already previously laid as a foundation with some bad choices, things that we've done, things that we've got to... And the devil wants to use that to crush you, to take away your joy, to, to bring you back, to, you know, in the valley. And the Lord's like, let's just deal with this. Because because you don't let the devil take away your peace. Sometimes you have to go to war to have peace. What we want to do a lot of times is avoid it and have this false peace. And sometimes, hey, sometimes in a church you got to go to war to have peace. Sometimes in a marriage you got to go to war to have peace. Sometimes in your family relationship with siblings you've got to go deal with conflict. Now you don't go to war with the mentality of I'm going to get a victory and I'm going to defeat this person. You go to go, I'm going to find peace. I'm going to bring peace to the situation. I'm going to deal with it. I'm not going to run from it. Jacob, you know, one of the things you see Jacob did when he, when he came, he didn't run from Esau. He had been running. And maybe some of you have been, uh, been running from something you don't want to deal with. And maybe there's people, usually, usually it is people. People in our lives and things we've done in the past. Jacob was wrong in the way that he dealt with Esau 20 years ago. <clears throat> and sometimes in our lives as Christians, God brings to us, you know, that you are wrong in the way that you dealt with this situation or that person. And you need to make it right. Whether that person wants to make it right or not, on your behalf, you need to represent Jesus and bring peace. <clears throat> Y'all with me? Okay, stay with me. So notice what he does here. Esau was coming, and with him he had 400 men. So this is not a good looking scenario. You know, the devil always tries to overwhelm you. If you can imagine Jacob's there with his family, his children, his wife, a few servants, and all of a sudden you got 400 men of war coming against you, naturally, devil wants to overwhelm you with fear he wants to cause you to respond in a way out of out of emotion rather than trusting the lord and standing your ground and go okay god i'm going to take whatever i've got coming and i'm going to deal with this and trust you to fight my battles you can't run 
from life. You can't run from what the devil brings against you. You have to, as a believer, stand, and you have to stand in the right way. Now, notice he said, So he divided his children among Leah and Rachel and two maidservants. He put the maidservants and their children in front, Leah and her children behind, Rachel and Joseph last. And then here's what I want you to see, especially me, and please pay attention to this scripture. Verse 3. Then he crossed over before them. Now, if you'll back up, we won't back up for time's sake, but if you back up there, the night before he wrestled with God, remember Jacob we taught last week was a very self-centered person. He was all about himself and what he could get. And here, the night before, when before the Lord wrestled with him, Jacob put all Esau, he knew Esau was coming, and he put all his family across the ford or the creek, and then he came back. So he was behind them. And the enemy was, he was not between them and the enemy. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, God wrestles with him and changes him, changes his heart, okay? Some of you ladies, maybe your husband isn't in a place to where you hoped that he would be in his walk with the Lord. Let me give you some hope. You pray that God wrestles with you. So what I need to do about my marriage, whether it's the husband or the wife, the best thing we can do is, God, please wrestle with them. You wrestle with their heart. Because I can wrestle on the outside all I want to, and I can't change anybody. I can't change any situation. But when God gets a hold of a person's heart, he radically changes the situation. He knows what moves to make to bring us to a place to submit. And that's what happens now that Jacob is submitted to the Lord. This is your hope. Jacob is submitted to the Lord. Notice what happens. He becomes selfless. If you want peace in your life and peace in your home, let me give you two things. That not, like I said, this is not very organized, but but I want to give you the steps to this. The first thing you have to do is you have to have peace with God. That's what the wrestling was. He was making peace with God. And the Bible says the only way in Romans chapter 5, the only way that we have peace with God is through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've got conflict and war and all that going on in your life, the first thing you need to do is you need to look at you. Quit trying to blame everybody else of why you don't have peace. And you need to look at you. Because the first thing that happens is we have to wrestle with the Lord. We're the ones. Jacob was needed to be changed first before anybody else. Before the situation that he had to deal with Esau. Okay, he would have handled it totally different with Esau if the Lord was not in control of his heart. And before you can have the peace of God in your life, you have to have peace with God. I want you to look just just for looking's sake in Romans chapter 5. You're really quiet this morning. That means you're either listening or you're falling asleep. <laughs> Y'all with me? Do y'all not, even in other people's lives, don't you see we live in a culture of conflict? Man, nobody has peace, it seems. Romans chapter 5. So how do I find peace with God? Look at this. This is so good. It says in chapter 5 verse 1, Therefore, having been justified or made right with God, by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, salvation, okay, you're at odds with God, whether you, whether you realize it or not. Before you're a born again believer, before you're saved, 
You have hatred in your heart towards holiness, towards God. The Bible says we are enmity with God. We don't care about the things of God. We basically want to be God and we, we're against God because of our sin. Our sin brings about the wrath of God in our life. And God is a just judge and God is going to punish sin. But God also, you know, that's because when you look at the scripture, God is holy. He's not, he's not like us. He doesn't compromise. He doesn't wish you wash with things. He's like, this is right. This is wrong. Black and white. God is white. He's holy. And he doesn't make any compromise with sin. God pours out wrath upon sin. Yet God also is merciful. Thank the Lord. He's a merciful judge. And so in that, it teaches this in Romans chapter 3, that through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, God poured out punishment and wrath upon his son in my place, in your place. Like Romans chapter 3 says, so that he might be just and the justifier of those who come to him through Christ Jesus. That means through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, God remains holy and just. Why? Because sin is punished in the body of Jesus. And he's also the justifier because when I come to God throwing myself on the mercy of the judge based upon my faith in not myself or my deeds or my action, but based upon my faith in Jesus... God justifies me. That says having been justified means I'm already justified in God's sight. I'm not waiting for my day of figuring out on the day of judgment if I'm just before God. I have been justified in Christ already. I'm at peace with God. And that's what it says. And and then, so once you come to that place, if you're here today and go, I have been born again. I've trusted in Jesus. Then you have the peace of God because here's the thing. Isaiah said he is the prince of peace and his presence is in you. He is peace. If you don't have peace and you're always wrestling with peace, maybe it's because you're wrestling with God and you need to surrender and submit like Jacob did. Okay? Let God break you. Because you ain't that great. Amen? We're not that great. We might think we're great, but there's some things in my life that needs breaking and needs surrender and needs submission. And so many times we, we're the cause of the conflict. We don't want to say that, but we bring this misery and this conflict into our lives and we're always at odds with Christian people shouldn't always be at odds with other people. Now we're, we're at odds with teachings and we're at odds with lies and we're at odds with falsehood, but we're not at odds with people. We should love people. Amen. And so if I'm always at odds with people, Maybe I need to look at the mirror and go, all right, Lord, I want you to change me first. Before you change her, before you change him, God, change me. And so he wrestles, and God always wins. And then all of a sudden, notice he becomes, this is where I want to get back to, he becomes selfless. You you can't have peace if you're not selfless. If you're all about you and having it your way, you're going to have some conflict because the person across from you is the same way. But if you're selfless, and notice this is cool, he goes from following to being the leader. Men, that's what it means to be a spiritual leader. It means that now God is in control of my life. I'm surrendered to the one who's leading me. I'm following Jacob left out there following Jesus, okay? And he took lead of his family. He he came in between his family and what he saw as the enemy. And as the leaders of our home, men of God, we should do the exact same thing. Not pushing your wife out front to deal with your issues 
or to deal with other issues, but that you go, you take, you step behind, I'm going to deal with this enemy because I have the Lord of hosts leading me. He's going to fight our battles. Man, watch this, you're going to learn some good stuff here. <clears throat> I can't get my breath, I'm going to start working out, I guess. Y'all pray for me, I'm going to do a push-up tonight. All right. <laughs> what the that's why I gotta stick to notes. Anyhow, he says, then he crossed over before them, and now notice this second thing, self and the second thing is humility. You will never have peace in your life unless you're humble. He bowed himself to the ground seven times. How many times do I gotta humble myself? Seven times. How many times should we forgive? Seventy times seven. Seven is complete. Complete humility before God and man promotes peace. And so he bows himself down. You can imagine Esau's coming. Now, we don't know. The Bible don't say what Esau's heart was. Maybe Esau was coming to clean house. And you can see as Esau is coming, he's having, you know, I know that how the devil works. He's got all these thoughts going in Esau's mind. You remember what your brother did to you? You remember how he took from you? You remember how he deceived you? 20 years. And all of a sudden you see a different man. Esau sees a different man because he, because what Jacob did, he would go a little ways and he would bow to the ground. And he would go a little ways and he would bow to the ground. And each time he bowed, it softened Esau's heart. We'd probably have a lot better marriage if we start doing some bowing instead of boxing. Amen. And, and if God's people came to a place to where, and, and listen to me, this is what I want you to get. Esau was not a man of God. Esau was a man of the world. Sometimes we find it easy to bow to a brother or sister in Christ. But we have a difficult time bowing to a lost person. A person of the world. You know how you win people to Jesus? You show the same spirit of humility to them. That you don't go out and pridefully present the gospel, but that you show yourself in an humble spirit, gracious. Jesus was, that's what it means to be meek. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is power under control. It means I could, but I choose not to. And I'm going to humble myself and say, why in the world, if I've got my boss or somebody that's taking away peace, it's because you're letting them, but I've got this person alive who is lost. And they need Jesus. <laughs> get that they need Jesus. And, and, and rather than go about it in the right way, we go about it in a total wrong way. And I want to go... Doesn't it say in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who considered it not robbery to make himself equal with God, but he took on himself the form of a servant and humbled himself in obedience, in obedience to death, even the death of the cross. Now God's calling on me to have that same mind. And the last time I checked, the cross was not for the righteous, but for the wicked. And why did Jesus do this? And why did Jesus do that? In obedience to God. You see, when I humble myself to bring peace, doesn't mean I'm making myself weak. Doesn't mean that I'm even bowing to the demands of other people. It means God wants me to take on the same mind as Christ and to humble myself because I want to obey Him. Why did Jesus do what He did? In obedience to the Father. He wanted to glorify the Father. He wanted to honor the Father. And the Father said, I want you to die. And he asked me to do the same thing. I want you to die. You die to yourself. You die to your pride. You die to your will. And you do what you do and let me fight your battle. There's a whole lot in this message I didn't even get when I was thinking about it. But for some of you ladies that struggle with submission, that's what it is. 
Biblical submission means I'm going to humble myself, honor my husband's role given to him by God, and I'm going to bow down. You know why you bow down? To get out of God's way. <laughs> really? And a lot of times what we want to do is we want to stand up, we want to be God, and God's like, okay, first I got to knock you out of the way so I can get to him. There's honor in, there's great honor and there's great reward in humility because God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. Now, when you go on down, I'm almost done. Notice this. Um, He bowed himself seven times until he came near to his brother. Verse four. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, fell upon his neck and kissed him and said, who are these with you? Do you see the response there to humility? Can you imagine what Jacob would, I mean, what Esau would have done if Jacob would have handled it differently? What if he would have said, all right, I'm fixing to stand in defense. I'm going to say what I need to say. I'm going to speak the truth. And God, I hope you get this lost man saved. I hope you get him in order. Instead, Jacob didn't do anything. All he did was he acted like the one who had previously conquered him. He acted like Jesus. He humbled himself and the Lord fought his battle. God had already prepared Esau. God had already prepared Jacob, okay? And if you're going through a lot of conflict in your life, maybe God's preparing you for peace. But you've got to surrender to that and do it the Lord's way. And then notice he says, So he said, The children whom God has graciously... He's all about giving glory to God. The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Now, men, watch this. Then the maidservants came near, they and their children, and they bowed down. Why in the world are they bowing down? Walking in the example of the daddy. Your kids have peace. They have peace in their homes. They have peace in their hearts. They're following your example, man. You're the one that's showing them, not speaking. Jacob didn't sit down and do a Bible Devo with them. He just set an example. And our kids and our grandkids will walk in our example. So if you're walking with the Lord, I thought that was awesome. That they followed in the footsteps of the father because the father was following in the footsteps of his father. Amen. Verse 7, and Leah came near with her children and they bowed down. And afterward, Joseph and Rachel came near and they bowed down. Then Esau said, what do you mean by all this company which I met? And he said, these are to find favor in the sight of the Lord. Remember, he sent gifts ahead. He was reaching out and showing grace. He was showing that he wanted peace. He was speaking peace. Desiring peace. Do the people that you are in conflict with know that you desire peace? Or do they think you just want to fight all the time? Sometimes we don't communicate. Sometimes the best way to diffuse a conflict when you and your wife, and that's where you see it a lot, you know I'm talking about, but when you and your wife or you and your husband, okay, or maybe it's you and your sibling, you and your mom, dad, or maybe, maybe even your boss or whoever it is you're having a conflict, maybe the first thing to do is go, I just want you to know, I know that we're at odds, obvious. But I want peace. I desire peace. I want to start this conversation by letting you know I don't want to fight with you. I don't want to win a fight. I don't want to be right. I just want peace. And sometimes that diffuses the whole thing. Sometimes taking them by the hand and go, all right, we're at war. Let's bring God in this. Let's bring the presence of the Prince of Peace. Let's pray together. And then we'll have this fight. Sometimes there's no need for a fight. And sometimes there's no need for discussion. There's just need for forgiveness and mercy. Let me prove that to you. He says, verse 9, 
I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. And Jacob said, no, please, if I have now found favor in your sight, then receive my present from my hand. He wasn't about receiving. He was about giving. How much? How many of you give in an argument? Most of us want to receive the win. Amen. Inasmuch as I have seen your face as though I have seen the face of God and you were pleased with me, please take my blessing that it that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me. How could he show grace to Esau? Because God had shown grace to him. Shouldn't we be the ones to be quick to forgive? As God's people should not be full of mercy, full of compassion, ready to forgive because that's what God is. He's the one, we're sitting around waiting for somebody to call up and apologize. God's like, go to him and forgive him, even before. That's what Jesus has done for you. If you're sitting here this morning, you don't know Christ is your Savior, you're already forgiven. When Jesus died on the cross, he died to forgive you of your sins. It is already there. All you have to do is receive it. Now, you'll die and go to hell if you choose to be prideful and not receive it. But God's already said, I've already forgiven When he prayed a priestly prayer, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. That was not just talking about the ones nailing him to the cross, who represent me altogether. But it was talking about everyone. God's like, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. You realize Jesus runs to you to forgive you as his enemy? Shouldn't we do the same? Shouldn't we be going to the people and go, I want you to know I want peace. Now listen to me. Maybe not everybody responds like Esau. Maybe you've got those people in your life go, I don't want to be forgiven. I, you know, we, people do Jesus the same way. I don't want God's forgiveness. I don't need his mercy. I don't need your this and that. And sometimes you're going to deal with people like that. But that don't mean that you have to give away your peace. You can have the peace with God to go, well, I just want you to know, I've already forgiven you whether you receive it or not. I love you whether you receive it or not. That's the message of the cross. This is touchy, ain't it? <laughs> It's going to get good. All right, look at what he says in in the last part of this, and I'll be done. He says in verse 12, Then Esau said, Let us take our journey. Let us go, and I will go before you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are weak, and the flocks and the herds are nursing or, uh, that are nursing are with me. And if the men should drive them hard one day, all the flock will die. Please let my Lord go on ahead before his servant. I will lead on slowly at a pace which the livestock that go before me and the children are able to endure until I come to my Lord in Seir. Esau said, now let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, what need is there? Let me find favor in your sight of my Lord. So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. And Jacob journeyed to Sukkoth, built himself a house, and made booths for his livestock. Therefore, the name of the place is Sukkoth. Say, what does that got to do with anything? Two things are that I want you to see in this last thing before I close. Number one, they never discussed it. They never discussed what had happened. They just forgave. Sometimes we can deal with things in our own heart. I don't got to always discuss every detail. Sometimes details need to be left buried and just go, I forgive you. Well, I need to talk about it. Now, I realize, here's the thing. In your marriage, i got to clarify this. In your marriage, sometimes you need to talk about it. You know why? To prevent future offenses. we got to deal with it. You can't just say, let's just not, us men, that's what we're going to do. Do we got to talk about it? Can we just forgive and move on? But tomorrow we do the same stupid thing. 
So to avoid that, that's what counseling is good for. Whether you counsel together with just you or you counsel with somebody else who's a believer, but you got to deal with it. You got to let your wife air it out and go, this is what you did that caused offense. I just don't want that to happen again because I want to be at peace. All right, let's nip that in the bud and we're good. But then there are those things. Maybe you ain't around those people all the time and you can just forgive. You don't got to go, hey, you know, <laughs> I'll be real careful not to pr- provoke this in this message. This evening, when you go home, you don't got to call somebody that you did something stupid to 20 years ago and talk about it in detail. If you've got to fence your heart, go, you know what? I was wrong, and I'm sorry. I want you to know I'm sorry. I want to be at peace with you. It's best to try to avoid the details. The second thing is, when you find peace with somebody, doesn't mean you got to live with them. I'm not talking about marriage. But outside of your marriage, okay, just because you find forgiveness and peace doesn't mean now we got to be best friends. <laughs> because Esau said, well, you, you come and see me, basically. And then he went his way, and Jacob went this way. They were at peace inside. They were at peace with one another. But they didn't move in together. You know what would happen if they did? Probably went back to conflict. There are some people in my life I'm at peace with. I don't want to do nothing with them. Doesn't mean I'm hateful. Doesn't mean I have bitterness. I'm a grace people. When we see, we're great. We talk, we're great. But I'm not going on vacation with them because we'll be at war. And at least I'm honest. And so, you know, there's times where you part. Paul and Barnabas had a conflict. They parted ways, and later we see that they reconciled and they had peace, but they didn't continue in the same relationship. Sometimes you can't be close to certain people because you're too much alike. God built you in a way that it just natural conflict, and you got to go, it's best if we have a, a space of grace. You understand what I'm saying? See, yet Thanksgiving, not after that. <laughs> so, and the reason I tell you that is, Some people feel guilty because they go, I have peace with this person, but we're not around each other all the time. That doesn't mean that you're at conflict. It just means you're smart. So, all right, I'm fixing to shut this one down. So here's where I'm at this morning. They say, well, what is the point of this whole message? The point of this message is that truly God gives us peace, and peace is so good. And peace with everybody else is good. And God wants you to have peace and you have the access to that peace. No man, no woman can control whether or not you have peace in life unless you give it away. Satan's always trying to take away that. He wants that turmoil inside of you so that you produce it in your life. Maybe you're here today and you need to wrestle with the Lord. You need to come to a place to go, okay, God, start with me. Change me, change my pride, change my sinfulness, change my arrogance, change anything that's causing this conflict in me. And God, I pray that you would wrestle with these other people too and change their hearts. Maybe you're here and you can't have peace because you don't have the peace of God in you. You've never come to a place to humble yourself. You're always fighting against God. God wants to save you. God wants to have peace with you. And he's done everything possible in giving his son in your place so that you can have peace. But you war against him trying to be good enough. And you war against him trying to go to church enough. And you war, you know what God wants? Just to surrender. Maybe this morning you go, God, I just want peace. And I'm coming to you asking you to forgive me based upon Jesus. I trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I just want to surrender to you this morning, God, so that you can live inside of me and I can bring your, I can be an ambassador of peace. I bring your presence into these conflicts. And maybe you've got somebody you need to forgive. 
Or maybe you got somebody that you need to receive forgiveness from. Don't be so... I'm not going to say that word. Don't be so hard-headed that you throw away your peace for the purpose of self-vindication and pride. Humble yourself to go, God, would you bless me with peace today? Will you give me forgiveness? Give me the grace to forgive these people even if they don't want it. God, restore and reconcile us. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation. God, I pray that you would give me peace and let me show it to other people. Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Lord, I love you and I thank you so much, God, that you give us peace. Lord, and I pray that we wouldn't let the devil take that away. There's somebody here today that needs to show forgiveness. God, I pray that they would recognize what you went through to forgive them. Lord, who are we that we should withhold forgiveness when you so freely died to give it to us? God, I pray that we'd be a forgiving and a gracious people. I pray you would bring peace in families today, in marriages today, in the hearts of people today, God. I pray that they would take that out of here and take it into their homes, into their workplaces. Lord, that we'd be a people who promote and seek after peace, God. And if we come to people who just want conflict, God, we pray that we would bear our cross and that we would represent your your grace and your love and your humility, Lord, that you would work through us, God, to wrestle with them, bring them to a place, Lord, to where they can see you and come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen.
calendar meeting, a planning meeting for the fall ministries of the church this evening at 4.30. we got uh, some business we're going to discuss tonight, and then we'll have Bible study and that kind of stuff, so please come and be a part of that. Don't don't leave it to the women to take care of. Amen? Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So let me finish with this. Just as sure as I'm standing here, especially after that message, I can expect conflict is coming this week. But here's the awesome thing when I was thinking about what I just brought upon myself. You know, when the, when the disciples, one part in the, in the gospel, the disciples were out on the water. You can come up here. The disciples were out on the water and it says the winds and the wave was blowing contrary and it was stirring the boat around. They was about to sink. The Lord came walking to them on the water and they cried out. And you know the story. Peter got out, went to him and anyhow, long story short, it said, and when Jesus came into the boats, the winds ceased. So when you have conflict, look and say, have I invited Jesus into this boat? Because he brings peace. All right, let's pray and we'll get you out of here. Lord, I love you. I thank you so much, God, for loving us. I thank you, Lord, for the peace you give us in our lives, Lord, even in a a culture of conflict, in a world that's in war. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you and we know you and, God, what you've done for us. Lord, knowing that you hold us up and you keep us, Lord, that that you are our shield and our fortress and you go before us as the Lord of hosts and you fight our battles, God. I pray that we would just find ourselves following you, trusting you, surrender to you, God, that you would bring peace in our life in the areas we need it. Help us, Lord, to show that to people that's around us, Lord. We pray that we'd be a light to people and, and God, we'd bring the truth to them so that they can be saved. Lord, I pray you bless this people and bless them greatly in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.